Welcome back, Volusia County, to the only show where I'm a star and you are optional. This is Downtime in Daytona. I am Steve Gooch, the owner of Fun Coast Tours, and I'm here to take you on a trip a little bit past Daytona this week. We're going a little bit west, a little bit south. We're going to DeLand, beautiful part of the county. A lot of people who come to Daytona don't realize just how close they are to the history that's represented in that part of the county. Now, before we discover that part of Volusia County, I want to talk to you about discovervolusia.com, a company owned by a friend of mine by the name of Brandon Schof and his beautiful wife. They do everything in their power to showcase everything that's here in Volusia County, from the businesses, to the tours, to the shops, to the restaurants, to the venues, and to the wide open spaces that we all call home. Thank you, Brandon, for bringing this to us, discovervolusia.com. Go there. You won't be sad you discovered it. Now, here we go. We are headed off to the western part of the county to DeLand. Both of the interviews today are going to do with DeLand, and we are going to start off with the Stetson Mansion. Now, the Stetson Mansion is named such, of course, because it was owned by John B. Stetson. John B. Stetson was not primarily a resident of Florida. He was a resident of Colorado. That's where his factory set up. He also had factories in Pennsylvania, but he chose DeLand as a place to set up his summer cottage, I believe is what they referred to it. John B. Stetson was a hatter. Later in life, Mr. Stetson became quite the philanthropist, donating to several universities and causes locally. Stetson University was not named that at the time, but later was renamed due to the amount of philanthropic giving he had done for the university. John B. Stetson did not intend to start off in the career of hat making. Uh, he had been diagnosed with tuberculosis and his doctor had told him from the time, the place that he was living that he needed to move out into wide open spaces. So he headed to Colorado. Uh, while he was there, he found uh, several cattle workers, people who worked in the fields that found their, their hats weren't keeping them dry. And uh, his father actually was a hat maker and he had learned the trade from his father and had an idea and decided, uh, you know, he still retained all the skills. He decided to make a hat and uh, wore it to keep the water off of his head. Someone made him an offer, $5 for the hat. He made it. That represented his first sale. And uh, then he went to the drawing board. It was off from there. He was a hatter. And hatters are what all of the college students at Stetson are called. They are the Stetson hatters. All of their teams are called such. And he had come down here to Florida, uh, had a house built. I'm sure he didn't build it himself. There were, however, many contributors in the building of this house. Thomas Edison, uh, Tiffany from Tiffany and Company for the stained glass. Many, many, many people had come down here. Professionals, experts, artisans had come down here and taken part in the, the building and construction of Stetson Mansion. But enough from me. Let's talk to the professionals. J.T. Thompson, to be exact. JT is going to fill us in on all of the blanks and everything I could not. So without further ado, here's JT. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing well, JT. Nice to meet you, and thanks for taking the time. Oh, you're very welcome. I know I don't have a whole lot of time with you. I know, it was a little, and today was a little nut, especially nutty for whatever reason. I understand, and I do appreciate you carving out a few minutes for me. So I'm going to let you just, I'm going to let you take the reins and tell me what you have to share with me, what you have coming up at the Stetson Mansion, and I'll fill in the blanks on my own uh, after after we're done. Okay, so this is the 10th anniversary of our Christmas Spectaculars here at the Stetson Mansion, and we decided to take some 
tidbits and some design inspirations over the last decade and uh, incorporate them into this year's designs, giving people uh, some of their favorites back. But as always, it's always a completely different, completely different design design in every room. Uh, But it's so far has been off to an amazing start. Uh, We have 10 rooms, each room with a very intricate uh, one of a kind christmas decorations and also shows a lot of reverence for the holiday as well we have 30 different nativities placed throughout the mansion from around the world some of the many of them gifted to us by past guests that came to the mansion and uh it's a little bit different this year this year we're actually having self-guided tours as opposed to guided tours so guests get to go through the mansion at their own pace stop at their favorite rooms and their at the favorite vignettes and uh it's going it's the reset it's being very well received and you know again it's just a magical place to experience and celebrate christmas at jt i want to ask last year did you have tours at all or were they also self-guided no last year we had no christmas tours at all uh, due to COVID. so i've been running around like a kid w- on waiting for christmas morning for the last year <laughs> and a half waiting to welcome people back so uh, i i cannot tell you how much fun it's been just opening the doors again and just filling the house with that uh, energy that people leave inside. So very, very excited this year. Now, these are themed rooms. Are they also sponsored rooms? Or are these all just of your own design? No, they're, yeah, no, not sponsored rooms. They're all just themed rooms. And I, I change the themes every single year, except there's three themes that are always constant. I always pay tribute to our military. I always celebrate uh, and pay uh, tribute to Mr. Stetson. And then I always do a peacock themed room because Elizabeth Stetson loved peacock. Peacocks and they roam the property. So every year I do something with peacocks. Uh, and usually that's one of the favorites uh, for the guests, seeing how I'm going to, what I'm going to come up with and how am I going to do something different with a peacock. Can you give us a preview of what the other seven rooms are, are this year? Sure. Do you want us to find out on our own? No, I'd love to give you a preview. So the, the, as you enter into the mansion, the first area is the grand staircase. And I named that when cardinals appear, angels are near. And I wanted it to look as if cardinals took over the grand staircase and kind of decorated it with weaving in and out uh, vines and, and, and gossamer thread. So it's a really beautiful room. A, a lot of people, I'm surprised, a lot of people have been very emotional about it because they just sense you know as a through your life you're told you know if you see a cardinal or a certain kind of bird it's a reminder of a loved one that's passed Mm -hmm. so people have really enjoyed it and it's a it's organic but still very uh elegant at the same time so it's a really beautiful staircase and then from the staircase as you go into the very first room which is the reception parlor it is a rockwell kind of christmas this year and what i wanted to do is everyone loves norman rockwell but i wanted to i wanted to make it feel as if it's a room where family can gather in a place you'd want to go christmas morning to open your gifts so you'll see rockwell memorabilia some statuary but the tree and the the mantle really represents what maybe you'd remember as a child on christmas morning and i even have some vintage toys i have an original gi joe original barbie uh chatty kathy i'm sure you had a chatty kathy <laughs> oh i um, did of course <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's a really neat room. And as you leave that room, you, you're going to go into what's normally called the uh, music room library. But this year it is called It Takes a Village. And what I did is I used all the villages, many of the villages that I've decorated with over the years and and incorporated them in throughout the entire room. There's a sky village up on the beam. There's a, a, a snow village tree that I uh, that I made. There's villages everywhere. And then in, incorporated in with that, there's a beautiful woodland animal 
whole scene. Uh, so it's a very snowy, but very uh, snowy, wintry, absolutely Christmassy kind of room. And then when you leave that room, you'd be going into the dining room. And this year I renamed it uh, Hallelujah, the Christ Child is Born. And when you walk into that room, I removed the table this year. So I, when you walk into the room, you're immediately struck by the nativity that I have embedded, nestled into a tree. And your eye goes right to that, just reminding you of the of the me- true reason for the season. And in that room, I have eight nativities just in that room alone featured from around the world, from wow. Uganda, Australia, Italy, Spain, Ireland, and obviously the USA. But I think the USA one is China, made in China, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, a good, that's, that's appropriate. A, <laughs> that's appropriate. All right. Um, and then again, the military, this year, the military tribute is in the kitchen and it's called tribute to our heroes. And what I featured in the room, I try to get things near and dear to just not my heart, but Michael's heart and some of our guys that are here. So you'll see a purple heart from Joanne, one of our tour guides, her dad's purple heart is featured in there. You'll have my dad featured on the table as well as Michael's dad, uh, who also served featured on the the back counter. And it's just a room that people take a lot of pause in looking at and just realizing just how fortunate we all are because of these brave men and women that we were lucky enough to share a home like this and to celebrate. JT, I've got about three minutes left with you. I would love if you can give me a brief history of the Stetson Mansion and also what tours are available at price point for tours and etc. availability. Sure. So the Stetson Mansion was built in 1886 for famed hat maker John B. Stetson. Uh, I'm sure all of us have someone in our family that has a Stetson. And this was built as his winter cottage. His idea of a cottage is a little bit different than my idea of a cottage, but it's uh, a beautiful. Now it used to be on uh, 300 acres, over 250 acres of orange groves. Now it's down to two and a little under two and a half acres. And it's magnificently intricate parquet floors throughout the entire mansion, over 16 different patterns. The electric in the mansion was installed by Mr. Stetson's good friend, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison was here at the mansion to do the electrical install. Uh, It has been visited and he has hosted the King and Queen of England, King Edward VII and his lovely wife, Alexandria. Uh, he has had President Cleveland here, uh, the Astors, the Vanderbilts, uh, Mr. Tiffany. Uh, so it's a it ha- it's a house that really encapsulates a lot of history as well as a lot of beauty. So starting with that base and then putting Christmas on top of it is a huge honor for me to be able to do it every year, and I'm absolutely thrilled to do so. The tours themselves that could be booked at stetsonmansion.com. Reservations are required, and uh, we have six tours daily. So we really Really opened up the tours a lot because last few seasons they sold out and a lot of people weren't able to come. So this year we really compensated it uh, by expanding the tours uh, times as well as availability. And based on what I'm seeing, the tourist season has extended and increased over the 2019 season. So I think you're going to need those dates. Yes, absolutely. So from November 1st all the way through January 22nd this year, we're open uh, to make sure that everyone gets the opportunity to experience uh, the magic at the Stetson Mansion. Fantastic, JT. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Hopefully, I'm going to get a chance to get through there. Um, My podcast is called Downtime in Daytona, but it's focused on Volusia. So I'm going to spend some time and expand my scope, and I'm going to get out that way. And if I'm out there, I'm going to introduce myself to you if you can take a minute to do so. Absolutely. Thanks again, JT. We really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Merry Christmas, JT. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year if I don't see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. I'm going to be honest with you, that interview filled me with so much information about what's going on out there. I had honestly only heard of the Stetson Mansion once or twice before. I did not realize it was the big deal that it was. I didn't know Edison had been there. I didn't know Tiffany had been there. Or, I'm sorry, from Mr. Tiffany from Tiffany and Company had been there. Um, 
But we have a few very famous people from that era that uh, were very influential in the area. And there were a lot of people in their orbit, in their gravity. Uh, so that Thomas Edison was in a house that I can go to tomorrow uh, is amazing to me. So check that out. Um, I, I spent a little bit of time at the top of this show talking about one of my sponsors in discovervolution.com. Next, I'm going to bring Doug Canny in and we're going to talk a little bit about one of my other sponsors, Christy B at Christy B Comedy. All right, welcome back. I am here on the line with Doug Canny. Uh, he's the comic that was supposed to kind of co-host with me a couple weeks in a row. Things went a little awry. My schedule got crazy. His schedule got crazy. But we got Doug back. Welcome back, Doug. Hey, man. It's always great when you introduce me and it sounds like you don't know me. We have Doug Canny? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. like, do we still have Doug Canny? It's all cool. It's all, it's all good, brother. <laughs> Dude, it's I, all good. I've been uh, talking and interviewing people all day today. And I'm like, and we have... Uh, john's fish factory is that who it is he's like i'm not john and this isn't a fish factory i'm like all right then introduce yourself so um we're gonna i have doug here because we're gonna we're talking right up his alley paying homage to christy b who is one of my sponsors and we're gonna announce some of her shows and we're gonna have doug talk about some of the shows that he's got coming up so right off the bat we're gonna talk about christy b She's got something coming up here, I think, on the 9th. She's uh, got some great shows coming up. So on the 16th, I know that she has uh, Hillary Begley. She's going to be at the Plaza Resort and Spa in Daytona. And also on the 17th, Christy's got something else going on. It's a ladies' night. So, And, Doug, you were saying that a ladies' night is when we have the, the headliner, the opener, all women. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, they're having like a it's all ladies show, MC feature headliner. I can't remember who the headliner is, but I know she's funny. And uh, Christy always puts on good shows. I, I think that would, and that's at Jackie Knight's Comedy Club in St. Augustine. That's a great club. They just uh, moved venue. It's uh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely catch a show there. So it looks like um, the host is going to be Michelle Keith. Uh, the feature is Ginger Kelly, and the headliner is Hillary Bigley. Yep, and they're all funny people, and Hillary's been on MTV. She's been on all kinds of stuff, so that's going to be a good show. And at the, she's also going to show at the Sky Bar, uh, where our big day, you know, we got Doug and I were in yep. the paper uh, just before Thanksgiving, and that was at the Sky Bar at the Streamline Hotel, and James Yan, who you say is a friend of yours. Yep. He, He's going to be headlining that night. Uh, also, go ahead. He's hilarious. Go see him. Chris Catan, it looks like, is going to be at The Bird and the Book. I'm unfamiliar with The Bird and the Book, and I looked it up. I thought he might be doing a book signing, but he's not doing a book signing. He's doing shows. He's got Friday the 10th at 8 p.m., uh, Saturday the 11th at 7 p.m., and... December 11th at 9.30 p.m. He's, uh, uh, he's got some stuff blowing up on TikTok now. So, I mean, he's getting pretty popular, more so than he was before, you know, yeah. before Saturday Night Live and all that. But he's uh, he's really blowing up on TikTok and stuff now. So that's probably going to be a pretty big show. Those shows will be probably pretty big shows. TikTok, that's what all the kids are doing these days. TikTok, not TikTok. Didn't you I boomer, say TikTok? Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boomer. All right. How older you are? You're I'm you're not even a boomer, are you? I'm Gen I'm Gen X. I don't know. I'm a feces. I don't know what I am. Boomer, get it together. And uh, there's this other guy going around. His name uh, Doug Canny. What yeah, is... I have some dates. 
Doug, uh, it looks like you're going to be at the Hilton in Flagler for the Palm Coast Women's Federation. You're doing something for them. What's that about? Uh, that's a great gig. I did a show for them a few months ago. It was like a one-time deal to see if they liked it. We had a blast. So they booked me on the spot for this show. And uh, my friend Nina, I can't even say her last name, Gaglito, she's the actually the uh, coordinator and uh, they they hooked me up with it. And then the following night, I'm actually playing with my I play with an 80s tribute band and we're playing in uh, Daytona Beach at a place called the Hideout Lounge. Really cool little club. If you get a chance, want to hear some 80s stuff, come see us the night after that. December 11th, I'm actually on the comedy bus tour with you. Damn right you are. We're uh, And we're at the same place, right? The no. Skybar? No. On the 11th, we're doing something completely different. This is something that the county has has uh, brought me on to do. That's right. And I said, you don't want me unless Doug's there. So we're bringing Doug. What we're going to do is it's kind of like a drinker's exchange program. We're picking up a bunch of drunks while they're sober in Port wow. Orange. And then we're driving them over to the land and the surrounding areas, try out some breweries, a little shopping, maybe some food in the in the downtown historic district. Uh, so they're going to – we're just going to basically take them from one place to the next. And then you and I are going to sit in the bus and check our email, maybe go find <laughs> find a Starbucks, uh, maybe send yep. some pictures on, on social, just like we did last time. We are Starbucks brothers. That's right. I, I got a couple more gigs before we run out of time. Uh, the 18th of December, I'm going to be at Steamworks in Port St. Lucie. Right. Doing a job, doing a gig for my buddy Fazzle. And then the 23rd, I'm on the comedy bus again in Daytona Beach with my buddy Steve Gooch. And then uh, somebody the told 31st, me you have plans on the 31st and that, that they I, might be big plans. I do. I'm at Kazi's Comedy Club in Newport News, Virginia for New Year's Eve and the next night. Well, and they, it's, uh, they let Kazi's, you in at Kazi's? They, they, they accidentally. Booked me for the big night. I don't know why. Somebody didn't uh, check their list twice, apparently. This club has been done by all the big guys have done this club. And I mean, people drop in all the time. Ron White, all kinds of people drop in and do this club. And I talked to uh, Lorraine Cosgrove is the owner. She's been there for 25 years. She's booked everybody. And I don't know how I got in their sights, but uh, this is my second time working there. I feel very privileged and honored to do it. And uh, that's my uh, calendar for the month. And I appreciate you. Well, they're privileged and honored to have you, Doug. Just like these these women at the the uh, Pacific Coast Women's Federation, they told you it was a one time deal in case you sucked, right? And then they right. hired you again. That's how that's how they keep themselves safe. So, Kazi's, they must know they they're smarter than that. They know that <laughs> they know. I got lucky. It's a it's a military town too, and you know my father was in the Navy. He's a discharged seaman. So I probably do pretty well. <laughs> I'm not touching that. I'm not touching. It's a family it. channel, Steve. Watch your watch your I, brain. I understand. Hey, Doug. Thanks for coming on and sharing with us what's going on in your world and in the comedy world. Because I mean, there's a lot of stuff not to laugh at in this world, and I need you to keep us grounded. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you later, Steve. All right, Take man. Care. Have a good one. If you haven't caught a local comedy show. You need to laugh a little bit. Go check one out. Christy B's making it very accessible. There are a few other local promoters that are bringing comedy to the area. I'm doing my best to try to... Basically, I'm in its gravity well at this point, and I'm trying to do what I can to bring more comedy clubs to the county. I think we need to laugh a little bit more. We need we need to turn the news off a little bit more. But let's step away from the news. Current events are making us all crazy. Let's take a look at something we all love, honestly, food and drink. Uh, also into land. Let's talk to Larry and Robin. 
French over at Great Tasting Tours. These guys have an excellent offering, and they combine food, drink, shopping, and history. One of my favorite things, well, let's be honest, uh, food and drink also, all together in a whirlwind package that's going to knock you off your feet. I'm going to try to find ways to work with these guys. Let's take a listen and have them, as the experts, tell you exactly what they do because you don't want to miss it. You've got to check it out. Well, good morning. Hello. Welcome back, Robin and Larry. Uh, just for the listeners, I'm going to let them know. Uh, I had a major malfunction on my end. We had already gone through about 15 minutes of interview, and I found out that my feed was dead. So they're gracious enough. Larry and Robin are gracious enough to let me call back and run through this once again. So I'm, I don't want to keep you guys forever. So whatever highlights you want to share with me, Robin and Larry French are the owners of Great Tasting Tours into Land. I know so much more about them than I did 20 minutes ago, but hopefully <laughs> they have enough time to share with you listeners about what they're doing out there. Can you please give me a synopsis? What's going on in Deland? What's going on in Deland? Well, Deland is coming back. Um, basically, Great Tasting Tours is a locally owned business and where we recreate the real Florida. Uh, in 2016, we've been in business since then. We combined our knowledge of local history, our love of Deland, and we provide guided tasting tours that explore the historic City. That's right. And uh, we also give people a background of this town's 160 year plus history uh, to whatever extent their interest goes to, because there's lots to find out. The stories uh, are go on through all kinds of sources, through murals, uh, through sculptures. Uh, it's, it's almost as if the streets themselves have stories to tell and we'll share as much as people are interested in. Well, I'm bored of myself already having, having talked about a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to come at this a different angle from the last time we ran through. It, and then we're going to cover some territory, maybe a little bit backwards. So you said your love of history. Are both of you history buffs or were both of you history buffs? Or did how did that come about? My <laughs> husband was the executive director of the West Volusia Historical Society. And I was um, the membership director of the chamber. And how Great Tasting Tours came about was those two things married. My job was to bring more business to downtown Deland in that two to five area in the afternoon when stores would close, people would come into my office and say, why are your stores closed? And I'd go to the membership <laughs> and they'd say, well, people don't come. <laughs> and then I'd say to the membership, people don't come because you're closed. So that kind of gives a background of how we got it together as far as the history. Yeah, the history comes from my aspect. I have a background in over 45 years of doing living history. I'm a historian. I've written some books on uh, local history and from my uh, vantage point, I could see all this history that was in this town, but yet it was hard for people to discover a lot of it. And then just simply looking and studying the history, I found out that over a hundred some years ago in the 19th century, people used to tour people around who were visiting from various other places. And that's how people discovered a lot of this area. So we pretty much reinvented something that occurred over a hundred years ago, only with a new formula. Without even trying. <laughs> yes, right. Because people love food. They they love they love to drink and they also love to shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys have no idea just how badly you just screwed up by telling me where what Larry's history is. Larry, uh -huh. I'm gonna need your personal number. I'm gonna text you in the middle of the night. I'm <laughs> I have so much to bother you with. 
Oh, no problem. <laughs> if you, if you have time. You're going to be a well. <laughs> My podcast is called Downtime in Daytona because I'm physically, I physically operate out of Daytona, but the podcast is geared towards travel, tourism, and hospita- hospitality in Volusia County. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize now you are marking the first episode where I'm really branching out. This entire episode is going to be in land, And that is the part of the county that is overlooked a lot. I mean, it's right in the on the, the I-4 corridor between Daytona, where everyone apparently comes to drink, and Orlando, where everyone brings their family, and you guys are right there in the middle. And oh, that's, there is so much to share with you about this history. It goes very, very deep and so many aspects that people are not aware of. It's just fascinating. So that's fantastic. Thank you for unwittingly letting <laughs> me know that you are now a primary resource for me. But your tours, your tours are not... You don't only offer a food tour, uh, as we discussed in another life. You offer tours that let people taste beers, let them taste shopping, let them taste wine. Therefore, the name Great Tasting Tours. Yes, we do. um, Basically, we customize the tours for whatever that particular group wants. If it's a bridal shower, if it's a bachelor party, any of that. We, tell us what your goal is, the amount of people you have, and we will make it happen for you. That's that's what we do. That's right. We've actually done uh, small gathering or short, short customized tours for employees of companies before where we had them all at a venue that was arranged by their company. And then at the conclusion of their dining there, we took them on a, a brief little tour of the town and introduced them to everything that they could see for the rest of their stay. So you will do custom tours You'll, that, you'll do whatever the customer wants. Well, within reason. That's well, correct. <laughs> That's correct. We had, we had someone who wanted to, wanted us to bring their underage son on one of our beer drinking tours. <laughs> and let that happen, not for you know for the sake of our vendors, but also us as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. We like our license. <laughs> but within reason, you will accommodate. Yeah. And and tailor tours for the customers. Mm-hmm. That's great. And we discussed before your prices are all inclusive unless the customers want to go above and beyond. So someone can buy their ticket, show up with you with no money in their pocket, and they're going to get exactly the tour that you advertised. Correct. Uh, and then if they're on the way shopping, they decide they want a tour, or a shirt or they decide they want a cocktail in addition to the beer that was already covered for them. That's coming out of their pocket. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's right. And that that's why uh, if I do have a chance to mention other things when I send out information to people in preparation for a tour, I tell them to expect that they're probably going to discover something on their tour that they might want to go home with. So that's where the tote bag comes in handy. So they may end up purchasing something else while they're in town. I'm coming back to that tote bag because that's that's pretty much where my equipment failed me earlier. However, let, and I think you might have answered this question, when you charge the price for your tour, it is mm-hmm. all-inclusive. Does it also include tips for servers? We pay the servers price per head, if um, so they're getting that out of the ticket price. However, we do have some very generous participants who have liked what the server has done so much and gone above and beyond and they'll leave a, you know, a five on the table or something, or they know it's a Stetson student and he's working his way through college. They'll give extra tips. Uh, so that's totally up to them, but they're paid for each participant is paid at each vendor at a price per head. What I have found since I started my business and I only opened my doors for business July 1st. So I'm, I'm really new to being a tour operator. <laughs> but what I have found is, by and large, when someone is paying for a tour and they're not getting it on Groupon, 
They're not getting a discounted rate. They're paying full price for a tour. These right. are not cheap people. These are people that expect to tip and are more than willing to tip. And oftentimes, I have made more on my tip than I did on the admission to the tour. Wow. You must have to raise the admission to your tour. And I'm just really, really good, Robert. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, let's talk about, you had mentioned you have sponsors. Uh, you yeah. have a sponsor that provides backpacks, allows them to uh, your all of your customers on the tour to go around with a rolling billboard. How did you, uh, and, and as well as uh, masks and hand sanitizer and other goodies that are that are in that bag, how did you negotiate those relationships? Well, as I said, we've been in the area for many, many years, and I had the, those relationships through my position at the chamber, and those relationships were primarily friendships. And so when we presented it as an opportunity, we had people fighting over the opportunity to be the sponsor because we are oh, wow. category exclusive. So we only have one realtor and she will not let go. And I have two <laughs> realtors who are in line going as soon as she says no. And she goes, I'm never saying no. I got these people walking around town with my stuff on them all the time. So yeah, we just, you just have to garner the friendship and then show them the value, not only for helping you, but the value it is for them. Because the old adage, what, what's in it for me? That's what your sponsors are going to want to know. And, and we've, we've also found that, uh, especially at the, a lot of the shops that we bring a tour into, when they're offering them a glass of wine as they're perusing and so forth, these people, if these visitors end up purchasing something in the shop, that encourages that business to want us to come back even more because they see more business as a result of us visiting and bringing them visitors. Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I've got to get busy. I need to up my game. <laughs> so give me, say, the name of three restaurants you may you visit regardless of the tour and maybe three places where people might drink on your tour. Okay, well, most of our restaurants do provide alcoholic beverages simply mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. So um, we have, if it's more of a, a wine-oriented tour, Barrison's Family Grill that's just changed ownership and named their full service, full bar, full restaurant. We absolutely adore the Crest, which is a very high-rated uh, restaurant. We usually end our foodie tour with that. We have De La Vega, which is a Latin fusion phenomenal and especially if we have uh participants who have food allergies they're very very easy to work with really? on that everything on their menu is identified whether it's gluten-free or mm -hmm. vegan or dairy-free and they're very very good at making modifications so that's our go-to for people who have allergies i love that yeah so that gives you a general idea the half wall and abbey are great um pubs and they're they're more for our beer oriented people mm -hmm. But um, they're wonderful and they have, you know, your typical bar food. Uh, really big hit at Half Wall is the Drunken Muscles. Yeah, okay. they're really good. <laughs> and, and the Abbey serves some fantastic quesadillas that go with the various with the various beverages. They know how to pair their beverage, whether it's a wine or a beer, depending on these tours. Our, our, our entrepreneurs know how to give you some kind of a flavor that enhances the food you're going to have just by what the beverages they offer. It's definitely a skill. It might have seemed like a weird question why I asked you to name these things. First off, it allows me to link to them in my show notes and gives them another <laughs> link for their search in engine optimization. And also, you have put them on the radar as yeah. I delve deeper into the land and now we yeah. have some of the finer places that I need to interview in the future.
Good. What's a favorite dish? A a favorite dish? Because I'm not going to ask you to put anything above the rest, but of each of you. Okay. A favorite dish. You go first. I would say the hibiscus tacos. I was going to say that. De La Vega. (laughs) Hibiscus tacos. They're very unique. And um, most of the time, people don't even realize they're eating flowers. It's so good. <laughs> they're they're very very good. And uh, again, we try to feature things that you wouldn't ordinarily find, or go in and order a turkey club sandwich or something. We try to make things very different. Like the drunken mm-hmm. mussels oh, uh, yes. are very popular <laughs> at Half Wall, and they have a they always serve it with us with a giant, I mean, dinner plate size pretzel that is literally flown in bavarian pretzel are your tours <laughs> mixed groups or is it just a single group books you well normally pre-covid we had mixed groups because we were able to do larger now it's either a family group or sometimes um a couple. Yeah, sometimes a, 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 couple. Couple, a couple or a, a group of friends like we have people come in from the villages okay the group of friends from there Brevard County Parks and Rec brought a busload up. So it just all depends. Right now, in the COVID recovery, it seems to be small, more uh, family groups or groups of friends. Right. But if we do have some group that does contact us and say they want to bring a certain number of people, we'll actually close out a tour and have that particular tour exclusively for them and and not add additional people to it, just so that we can handle it better. So these are selfish reasons, and hopefully it's going to be for you, because um, a lot of my tours are mixed groups. I, mm-hmm. have, I have a 12-passenger bus, so I could end up with, I don't know, 8, 9, 12 people that com- are comprised of four different booking parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that uh, you were open to taking them. Should we arrange something to hand Yeah, that, that's never a yeah, problem. Never. prior arrangement, sure. And well, I that's had, never a problem. And if you want just... We we close it at twelve. The day so before. for the max. So if you say if you have twelve in your group, we'd book that whole thing out for just your group and mm-hmm. wouldn't allow anybody else in. That reminds me of another question. First off, I wanted to give props to Georgia Turner, which I know that I had done on the previous recording that actually wasn't a recording. Uh, Georgia <laughs> Turner, the executive director of the Volusia, West Volusia Advertising Authority, who was a, offered guidance to you and has been a wealth of guidance to me. I, I'm going to try to talk with her and talk with you going forward to see how we can how we can merge our worlds and at least I can offer something beyond what I'm offering uh, currently but um oh boy I had just thought of something and now had just forgotten so I'm going to go back to a prior question okay Larry you're the yes. history guy I don't mm-hmm. want you to tell me your best story you tell on the tour but I want you to tell me something in the top three what's a, sh- a, a short story anecdote something that most people don't know about the land that would really surprise them or entice them to come back well the one of the best stories would be how the city came to have the exclusive classical and attractive look that it has that draws so many people today which is the result of a fire back in 1886 that burnt down nearly 85 percent of the town wow and it had to be rebuilt and they rebuilt it exactly as you see it now with mortar brick and the new fireproof poured concrete (laughs) yes they made stipulations after that no more wooden structures and no more saloons because yeah. the fire started in a saloon however i don't think that second one stuck yeah. obviously <laughs> we have lots of bars no but not so much say, 
to this day within the community redevelopment area, everything is very, very, very controlled as far as architecture, as far as colors, as far as everything. So that's why you see it. Any modifications, they have to fit various codes so that they maintain this appearance that has been preserved ever since that time period, which that's one of the more interesting stories about the town. And there are, there are scads of other stories, Steve, that, that I could tell, like I mentioned before, the streets all have stories. <laughs> oh, never you fear. I will get all of these stories. I'm going to squeeze them out of you, whatever I got to do. I'm going to follow you around while you're talking to other people. I remember the other question that I was going to ask. You, your booking stopped noon the noon the day before your tours. Correct. Do you then have to notify all of the venues you will be stopping by on your tour to let them know you'll have a tour there approximately this time? Please have these things ready. Yeah. Well, basically, as soon as the tour books, for example, we have one of a rather large group for next Wednesday. And now today we will call all of our people. And of course, some people don't answer the phone. Some people are messenger only. Some people, their email box is always full. You can't leave anything. Sure. So we've made notes over the years of how each vendor wants to be communicated with. So as soon as we get a booking for a tour, we let them know. But then we call them the morning of because this has happened. They have forgotten that we have a group of eight coming in at two o'clock. Or we need to update them and say, we're going to have actually 10 people instead of eight people. So we always call the morning of the tour. We call or messenger or contact them and their method of choice to let them know the updates. Yeah. I, we try to get a tour shaped up uh, as far in advance as we get notice that someone is booking for a tour so that you don't have so many moving parts that you have to try to pull together within 24 hours. But we have been able to pull one together within a 24-hour period, which is why the booking system, like Robin explained, will actually close 24 hours before the day. Right. I, I don't think I, I know for a fact that people don't know what goes into the amount of work that people like you do in the business that you do. And just from my personal experience on tours of mine, I had I had negotiated for a new tour, a dive bar tour of all things. Uh, and what I had done was I had spoken with the owners of each one of the establishments and said, first off, do you mind being called a dive bar? Second off, if you don't mind being a dive bar, I would like to make you a stop. And then what kind of discounts can you offer for me to bring 12 people? You know, what can you offer? Buy one, get one free. Can you do things like this every time I bring a tour through? Mm-hmm. That in itself is, is a difficult process. Getting in touch with the owner of a business who are mm-hmm. the busiest people in the world and are torn in a hundred different directions. Getting mm-hmm. time with that person. Then once you get that time, the owner falls in love with the idea. Then getting the owner to communicate it to the staff. So I actually, for even though my tour was up and running, I took people on another tour and I said, hey, I I just launched a dive bar tour. Would you like to stop by one of the dive bars? And I just popped in like a secret shopper just to see if they're ready for me. And, you know, I said they might not be ready. And 80% of the time they weren't ready. Still now the tour is live. And the people are, they're like, are you going to go into the bar with us? I said, well, I have to, because who knows if they're ready. I've got to go let them know. Remember me? Yeah, that's kind of the challenge we have, especially between the two to five in the afternoon. We do undergo some shift changes. So Mm -hmm. somebody forgot to tell Somebody. somebody who's taking over the, that shift, if we're coming there at at five and didn't mark it on the calendar yeah so we've had that before which we're lucky in that there's two of us so i'm usually the runner since he's the historian Mm -hmm. and 
doing all of that. So I'm going, okay, we're running five minutes late. I'm going to go run and tell them and make sure they're ready. Because we've got a couple who we have consistent challenges with, and they just, like, don't get it. We talked to yeah. the owner that morning. He goes, you're good to go. We walk in, and I get blank looks from the servers going, who are you and what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> with those people. That's right. So, and, and we did have one occasion where – the morning of a tour, doing our follow-up call just to check up on, um, we had one one particular place where, um, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, my coworker who's running the shop today fell, oh, broke yeah. her arm. I've got to oh, take wow. her to the hospital. So we, you know, we did have a backup of some other some other place to go to, but um, that's where a lot of the flexibility and, and knowing you have options and the two of us can work together on this, uh, yeah. we managed to pull it through. You mentioned shift changes being a trouble, being a, a problem ever since COVID. It's been like the, the world's longest shift change. Uh, employees coming and going and, you know, someone who, you know, hey, this is the new assistant manager next week. Hey, where's that assistant manager? Well, this is the new assistant, the new, new assistant right, right, manager. Right. We're having that problem with our hotels where um, we were being able to use the parking lot because downtown Deland does not have parking. Um, and they've been through three. And her her problem is that they can't keep housekeeping staff. She goes, we've got people wanting to book rooms. We can't keep staff who can clean the rooms. Our restaurants, which is our biggest challenge, they're they're cutting their hours to we have to check their Facebook every week because last week they were open on Wednesday. Oh, this week they're not open on Wednesday because one of their cooks quit. You know, it's just so it is much more challenging now because hours are shifting from literally day to day on who's open when and what. So that makes it a, a, a big challenge for us, <laughs> seriously, especially on the restaurant heavy um, exporter. Well, that's guy. That's why you guys make the millions. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, sure. One, uh, two other things ask to ask you. Do you what booking platform? What OTA do you use? Well, right now we're not. We're just straight booking off our website or calls. Um, the convention and visitor bureau through Georgia. We work with Jessica there, but we don't do. I've looked at TripAdvisor, some of their things, and since Google owns all of that, basically you can't run. We'd have to cut our prices so far. I was looking at Peak Pro um, last month at a seminar with them, and I like their format the best because they do like an um, event charge. So people who know, like you mentioned earlier, people who know I'm paying full price, it's not a coupon, it's not this, I know I'm going to pay a $3.50 ticket charge mm -hmm. you know that's normal the way it does business peak pro is the only one we haven't pulled the trigger yet but out of all the research i have done um it, it's much more seamless because our fear was okay somebody's looking at our website and it's 79 dollars for the top tour but on TripAdvisor, through their booking engine you can get it i forget what it's called some starts with a b you can get it for 69 you've okay. got two of those Spoken. That's what it is. Two of those people on the tour, and they go like the airline tickets. Well, I only paid sixty nine. How come you paid seventy nine? That's not a good conversation to have in the middle of a tour. So, yeah. Um, no. Are you you are you using outdoor booking engines, outside booking engines? I use Fair Harbor, and also through them, I use the their API connections with some other places. I don't use Groupon. Groupon was a nightmare. Oh yeah, uh, I've heard. I know that from my previous business. Yes, and then I, I know that. When I finally saw how much I was making when I when someone did a Groupon sale, I'm like, so I'm basically working for gas money. That's what right. I'm doing. So so Groupon 
went the way of the dodo. That will never happen again. I won't make that mistake. But I will tell you what I have done. I do work with uh, with Viator, TripAdvisor, um, things like that. And, and TripAdvisor has a nice tool. When I'm going in there and I set my tours, it says, like, I'm allowed to have my one price when people book through me directly from from Fair Harbor. I pay a 1.9% booking fee. Okay. Write that down, Lauren, Fair Harbor. And if they call me direct, like, if they book online through an online source, uh, they pay a 6% tax fee. However, if they call me directly, they don't pay. The customer doesn't pay. Six. So, say, say a $100 ticket, a customer would pay $106. And my portion of it would be $98.90 or $98.10 is what I would get. So now that's the booking through Fair Harbor. Now, um, they will also link me with TripAdvisor. And then my tours become, I mean, that's 455 million travelers who see me. And then on TripAdvisor, there's a slider. It says we charge this much of a percentage. So I I can type in, say, if my tour, I need to make $40 from the tour, I type in, you will get paid. I type in $40 and then it tells me what the price will be to the customer. And then it, it adds their price on top of that. And I don't feel bad about that. Okay. On top of Fair Harbor too? Yes. Or they just link you? So yeah. you're paying, you're not only paying Fair Harbor, you're paying TripAdvisor for the well, access. No, yeah. So what I do is I set, like, say for example, if I need to make $40, I set it to $40 that I will get paid. And then the ticket price comes out to be $51 to, so when someone books an, on TripAdvisor, they pay $51. I okay. still get 40. And then of that okay. 40, they take the 1.9% booking fee. Now, to me, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel bad about that because I think next time, call me directly. Mm-hmm. Next time you'll call me directly. I just can't, I just can't make a profit if I do it for these prices. Right, right. So, so I have to do it for that price. And now you know me. I, I price my tours for locals. I don't price my tours for tourists because mm-hmm. the, the locals are going to are gonna pay me on a year-round basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to just like, haha, I'm taking advantage of these tourists. They're, I'm, they're here this one time, so I'm going to soak them for everything I can. No, my, my, my goal is I'm, gonna, I'm providing a, a year-round service to locals. And mm-hmm. tourists are more than welcome to go to my website and find it. Or you can find it through whatever channel. You make mm-hmm. available, but I'm paying for that advertising for those other channels should you choose to go to them. So, mm. so I let them, they can look through that and they, no one complains. No one has ever issued a complaint I or cost of doing business. That's that just exactly the way it is. Yes. And through the Fair Harbor, I think it's great. I, I don't pay them one dime. If I sell zero tours all month long, I pay them zero dollars. I only pay them on a booking at 1.9% of the fee. Okay. So, that sounds good. so I think it's just other avenues. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm on um, Airbnb. I'm on I'm on a number of, of different platforms. Some I like more than others. Some I think gouge a little bit more than others. But I also maintain my own website and uh-huh. come mm-hmm. see me directly. Okay. Uh, yep. But that's it. But I, I just wanted to get that research from you and find out what you're using and what kind of success you're having. So, do you use what uh, Square Payments or? Well, we do point of sale. Uh, PayPal, basically, our WordPress, which is our website, is um, when they book on the website, it's linked to PayPal, and then that just gets direct deposited to us. So let's talk about your website. How can people who listen to this and whose mouths are watering, how can (laughs) they find you and how can they book with you? Very simply, uh, greattastingtours.com. 
that'll bring you directly to the home page. If you want to go directly to the booking page, just forward slash tours, and you'll be right on the booking engine. But uh, we usually like people to know a little bit about what, what they're booking, so there aren't surprises. And then we've had quite a with this season, of course, uh, gift certificates. So there's also um, greattastingtours.com forward slash gifts, and that would get them to the gift certificate page. So if maybe they didn't know exactly what date they wanted or they were buying a certificate for a friend, they could do that. And the gift certificates are good for a year from date of purchase. Good choice. And I, I don't want to toot Fair Harbor's horn too much, but they do offer gift certificates as well. Mm-hmm. So so everything that, that you have mentioned, I think I think really you should look into Fair Harbor. They're great. Um, they've pretty much taken over uh, over other OTAs and they've well, tried to do like, everything they can. Look into, we're kind of doing our research and thinking, okay, first of the year, now that we know we're going to be in business, we'd like to expand. And of course, the only way to get your SEO up there higher is to be on as many platforms as applicable. So, right. Do you um, ever mind customers calling you directly to book? Oh, that usually happens all the time. Like we had some people who were um, wanting to do a family reunion. And she said, I'm trying to book this particular date right before Christmas, but it's saying that tours aren't available. And we went, hmm, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. We went in. We discovered that she was looking for a past date in November. So obviously uh. it said the tours weren't available. <laughs> No, we have no problem with people calling us. I much prefer. And usually, you know, we answer the phone pretty much 24-7 as long as it's not like after 10 o'clock at night. Right. And yeah. if they have problems with, the, webs- with the, the website or the booking, we'll actually walk them or talk them through the whole process for doing bookings if that's what their problem is. And what number would they reach you at should they decide to call you to book? 386-717-0675. And what about your social media platforms? We are, we've got a Facebook, of course, uh, Facebook business as well, Instagram. Right now, we're working on a couple of other new ones that have come up, kind of generating to see how much better it is. And of course, Twitter. We're out there on everything as Great Tasting Tours. And TripAdvisor as well. Of course, TripAdvisor. Beautiful. Now, uh, this is the last thing, and then I'm going to let you go because you've been very gracious with your time twice. Um, there is a company that I became aware of because they named themselves very close to my company. I'm Fun Coast Tours, and then I found there's a Fun Coast Food Tours that opened up in Ormond. So I, mm-hmm. I called her and I said, hey, people are going to find us probably on search engines, uh, you know, interchangeably because our names are so close together. We might as well start working together. What can we do? And, and mm-hmm. uh, they're new in the business. And I'm wondering if uh, she's actually an avid listener to my podcast. She's a big fan. What is, what is her name? Um, back before COVID, we were meeting with all the local tour groups. There was uh, New Smyrna Eats, who's Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then there was a gentleman who was moving into the area wanting to do one thing Something in Ormond. Yeah. Michelle so was, Lamb. Oh, Michelle Lamb. Oh, mm-hmm. oh I know Michelle. Do okay, you? cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yes. Because I wanted to find out if, if she can pick your brain to try to take her business to the next level because they're new. They're mm-hmm. new in the business and, and I yeah. they can use all the well, I, I guess the other gentleman didn't didn't work out. But um yeah, we the one in Coco as well. Yeah, Coco Village has one. They're struggling. But yeah, no, we actually before COVID we started kind of a meeting to um, share once share. a month meeting to kind of share what you know, worked, what worked, what didn't work. Didn't work. Ideas. That's a great idea. Community. Yeah. I'm all about community. Because, I mean, your people, you can do the cool craft tour. We couldn't do that. All we could do was refer people to it because we don't have the transportation you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you are, are 
you could bring your people to us. We can refer. A lot of times we have people who are staying on the beach for a week or so. After three days, they're over it. They want to come into Deland or the same thing with our people in Orlando. You know, they're over Universal and Disney. They want something a little quieter. Come into Deland. So we're trying to get everybody to refer everybody to different places yeah, that, we'll and different experiences. That Absolutely. So. That was my entire goal when I got into this is that uh, I'm going to form as many bonds and relationships as I can. And, and the community is kind of just jointed and and i i think we have so many tools that you know do you need to buy a bus no that's that's a huge that's investment, a huge yeah. investment expense but what you might need is access to a bus and what i have i have customers that are out here on the coast who after 4 days into a 7 day tour would like something a little little you know like tone it down a little bit We're, we don't need right. to be drinking every night and we need mm-hmm. access to some really good restaurants and out here in daytona there are great restaurants but they are hidden they're secret right. and if, mm-hmm. if i can say if hey land, yeah. and i can say hey let's go back to a, a kinder gentler part of volusia county <laughs> Let me take you. Well, there's, there's also something in Lake County, and I don't know if you're interested in reaching out there. Um, actually, my very good friend from like back when I was 15 started our Taste of Our Town in Mount Dora. Um, since COVID, she has kind of sold, well, not sold, she actually gave it away to a restaurateur who was a friend of hers who lost her actual restaurant. So now she's doing Taste of Our Town in um, Mount Dora, and our friend has. Um, branched off into catboat tours and Segway tours because they've got a Segway factory right there in Mount Dora. Mm-hmm. Who knew? So that might be another thing to reach out to, even though it's outside of Volusia, just for your personal reference. Well, I don't even know who it, who's in charge now, but it's called Taste of Our, Mount Dora Taste of Our Town. I do Segway tours as well, so I'm very, very aware of what's going on out in uh, Mount Dora, and I love Mount Dora personally. However, the focus professionally, I, I, I probably won't reach out. Uh, It's it's 100% local, Belusia, Mm -hmm. no chain restaurants, no chain anything, homegrown, mom and pop, 100% local. That's my focus. Not opposed to those other things, but I think we need to get back to basics. Yeah, you you and me both. That's what we've been doing in Delance. And and there's plenty here to choose from as well when you're looking at places to introduce people to. Great. I think we're going to be talking a lot more in the future. Right. Wonderful. We're here. Thank you so much for your time. You've been very generous. Have a great day. And Merry Christmas to you. Thank and you. Me. Merry Christmas as well. Best to you, Steve. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye-bye. So that's Larry and Robin, and that is Great Tasting Tours. If you haven't been there, call me up. I'll bring you to them. I'm going to try to work something out where I can bring a whole bunch of people all at once, hand them off, bring you from Daytona area out to the land, pass you off to the good people who are going to show you a great time, great food, great drink, great shopping, then load back up on my bus and I'll bring you back home. Nobody has to worry about driving. Everyone gets to stay safe all day. I think that's about all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the western part of the county. I'm going to do a lot more branching out from my little neck of the woods here in future episodes. I think I'm actually going to be moving into a two-week episode cycle instead of weekly. My business is growing. I'm a lot busier than I used to be and I don't have the time. Not that I had the time to do a weekly episode before. Uh, However, I have considerably less time now, but I really enjoy doing it. I'm not going to stop and I meet some really terrific people and I'm going to keep doing that. But we're probably looking at a two-week schedule right now as far as uh, dropping new episodes. I hope you enjoyed what we had. I'm Steve Gooch with Fun Coast Tours. You've been listening to Downtime in Daytona. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you.